All right, Value Nation, Nation, we are back. Happy New Year. Hope everybody had a great holiday season. Really excited to be kicking off this new year. You know, we took a little hiatus, but we're back. We're back, and we got a big one for you. Not only do we have a big guest, he's also the big boss. This man became CEO of Nationwide in October 2020. Since that time, he has overseen four acquisitions and mergers with other AMCs to help us grow the Nationwide family. Yes, Charlie, I saw it. Four piece. Four. Um, he's also been doing the hard work, guiding this company through what's been some of the toughest years in the AMC business as a whole. When he's not working, he enjoys, you know, occasional round of golf where I heard, you know, he's got a little bit of game. I haven't had a chance to take money off him yet, but maybe one of these days. Uh, he also enjoys entertaining our company, partake in our holiday events that we have uh, via Zoom. I have seen this man in some very short shorts, rocking a nice little Afro wig, Jackie Moon, uh, really good stuff. But uh, anyways, without further ado, here's the man of the hour, our CEO of Nationwide Property Appraisal Services, Sri Bellamati. Welcome, sir. Good Mike. Thanks, Charlie. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited. Uh, I've been seeing the podcast for some time now and excited that I, I finally made the cut to, uh, <laughs> to, to make it on. So it's good news. No, it's awesome. Awesome to have you. Uh, we appreciate you carving out some time. We know you have, uh, you wear many hats uh, for this company. Um, so, you know, it's, it means a lot uh, that you're investing some time into this little side project that we've created. You know, outside of the golf game, uh, you know, I've learned this morning that you are uh, a little bit of a skier. I am. Yeah. Emphasis on a little bit. Um, we, we went out skiing out West and then, uh, Went through. It was fun. It was, you know, I think I think there was snow like halfway down the mountain or halfway up the mountain. And the rest of it, I think we found a lot of rocks and grass and stuff like that. But it was pretty cool. I was excited to do that. My my goal used to be ski, have fun, go fast, you know, that type of stuff. Now it's like come back in one piece. Don't tear an ACL. Don't have uh, physical therapy. So I accomplished my goal this year. So I'm excited about that. I feel that. I, I feel that. Yeah. So you're not a black diamond kind of guy. No, just... man. No, 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 not at all. I, I, that, those days are behind me. My wife still likes skiing. She prefers it, yep. I think, still. Um, but we're both the same mantra in the back of our head. Just go back home in one piece. So for those of you at home that don't know, um, our fearless leader is a MIT grad, correct? I um, am. One of, so... As soon as I hear MIT, I just immediately think of the movie Skull, like the little secret societies, you know, the Ivy League types. Yeah. So, you know, do you wear like a special pinky ring or anything like that when you're not yeah, like no, in your day to day stuff? No, that's... So it's funny, like MIT is actually not an Ivy League school, believe it or not. It is okay. not an Ivy League school. It is an independent school, it has nothing to do with the Ivy League, although because it's like right next to a lot of the other ivies and is a is a great school you know has that same sort of reputation yeah and uh but i'll tell you never di didn't have to worry about uh losing any bowl games the last couple of weeks because <laughs> we don't go to any of them so yeah i enjoyed watching a lot of other bowl games but uh yeah we we uh yeah it's uh there is a lot of a lot of super super smart people there way way smarter than me and it's impressive seeing what some of those folks get to go through and do, but uh, yeah, Absolutely. pretty cool. It didn't do, there was no, uh, like, there's no like fraternities there. There's no, the secret societies are a little bit up the street it is, you know, so MIT and Harvard have, when they, we, we sometimes don't refer to each other by name. It's the school up the street is sometimes the way a lot of our professors used to call it and uh so yeah so that's where 
a lot of the secret societies showed up was there and uh we didn't we didn't party that much but we would go there to party we would go they, they, had, they had a little bit believe it or not a little bit better parties not by much but uh it was a little bit more fun i mean it's still a, a prestigious place to, to great get an school education. Well, so, great school I mean, really off to you. yeah yeah thank you uh you know Phenomenal professors really learned a lot, and it was it was a great place to be. And yeah, always enjoyed being there in Boston, except for the the winter when it was it, it was yeah. those winters were real. Um, and when it snows, their, their sewer system is terrible, so the snow <laughs> stays for a while, and it just turns to slush, and it's just it's even worse. Oh, that's where the slush is the worst. I can agree. With yeah. Being in yeah, Cleveland, that was the worst thing. And it's it's ugly, it's dirt, it's everywhere. So a little bit more on you, and then we'll get into some some of your great takes on, on yeah. 2023 and, and where we're going. Um, you know, you already mentioned you know, you're a family man, which uh, which is great for us as a company. You have a different appreciation for what a lot of uh, a lot of the folks are doing, right? Yep. You have about 25 years of experience in the yeah. industry? Yeah. Yeah, 25 years experience. I started uh, my days back in the 1990s, late mid to late 90s at the Appraisal Institute, way back when. So it's been a while. <laughs> Getting closer to 30 than to 25 now. So I'm kind of moving in that direction, I guess. And kind of stumbled into real estate and, you know, the appraisal world without really knowing much or anything about it. Uh, was really fortunate to have uh, a great mentor who was um, at the Appraisal Institute there, John Ross, sort of take me under his wing, teach me about um, the industry as a whole, a lot of things that were going on, and uh, still a number of the people who are in the, um, like, I would say, more in the administrative slash, you know, political world, um, like the appraisal subcommittee and those sorts of folks, appraisal foundation and other places that I was there, they're still around and, and really enjoyed being on the industry side of the business and then kind of transitioned over to be a commercial appraiser myself. Um, actually worked for Standard & Poor's, um, doing commercial appraisals um, all around the world on all kinds of different property types from cell phone towers to department stores in Scandinavia and everything wow. in between. Um, it was really, really cool and was really trying to learn from really smart people and enjoyed that time. Um, thought it was a, a real thrill and was a young Young man wasn't married and got to travel the world doing appraisal work, and it was fantastic. And then kind of moved on to a couple of other things. Really moved on into the investment and development side of the business, working for some uh, public and private REITs. Really enjoyed that as well. Got exposed to kind of being on the decision maker side of the business, and was doing that on the uh, commercial real estate side for a couple of decades. Um, went through the financial crisis of 2008 um, and nine, while being in the development investment side, working on multifamily and retail and office and hotel and you name it and all of that sort of stuff and, and really enjoyed it. Got exposed to everything, you know, again, from like a Whole Foods to a high rise, you know, apartment building to condos to hotels and try to figure out what's what makes these things tick in different markets and how do we get better running those businesses? How do we get better in terms of investing in those businesses and developing them? And then in around 2020, kind of, uh, you know, uh, around COVID, you know, found another transition and it was 
really, you know, it was, it was a really big year for everybody, obviously, you know, nobody knew what the heck COVID was like, like, I don't know, months or years or whatever the heck it was, uh, brings back some PTSD. And then Absolutely. I remember, seeing, you know, right. And shutting down our office. I remember telling everybody, grab what you need, go home and, you know, we'll see you when we see you. And that turned out to be a long, long time later. But then I also wound up transitioning out of that job and kind of put myself into a spot where I said, all right, well, now that I got to make some changes, what do I do? And was fortunate to spend like the summer months of COVID in 2020 just kind of hanging out with my boys. They didn't enjoy it because they had to be with dad and mom. Um, and they're like, we can't hang out with their friends. <laughs> and so, yeah. and I was like, all right, let's go throw a baseball around or let's go, you know, run around and, you know, whatever. And that was cool. And so uh, it was, it was fun that that first year kind of getting reacquainted with family and kind of, you know, resetting to kind of basics. Oh, for sure. We, I think we all felt that at some level. I, and me and Schwartz have joked, you know, from time to time about what all of that was at that time. And I think real quick, you know, we had a lot of appreciation for more time with, with the kids, right? And then quickly determined that we were not teachers uh, and that we were not equipped to do our job as well as a, a full-time teacher's job. So in yep. uh, all that came with that and you're right. It's uh, what may have been months turns into years, and it's just a, a blur and, and thankful that we now are where we are and, and oh, yeah. through the other side, right? So what are we thinking here? You want to dive into 2023 here, Mr. Charlie? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, you know, as we it's a wrap. You know, 2023 is a wrap, finally. Yeah. We're looking out at 24 and, and beyond. So I'm curious, what are you, you know, most proud about? Uh, with with nationwide as a whole, yeah. Since you've come on board, I mean, obviously, besides Value Nation, because we're kind of a big deal for, yeah, for the company yeah. now, right? <laughs> yeah. For me, there's well, it's, it's sort of two things. So, big picture, what I'll start with is so since I've sort of been on, what I've been amazed about with nationwide with our organization and our folks is I feel like the team you know works together not so much for me or for anything else, but because we work for each other. So a lot of times I see people working hard. So Mike or Charlie, if, if you all have a client who needs something and you're reaching out to ops to go through it, they're doing that and trying to take care of that work and you know maybe staying a little longer or going the extra mile to ensure you know the assignment was done properly. And they're doing it because they're doing it for you all. Right. They're, they're not doing it for me. They're not doing it for, you know, the appraiser, or the client or anything. They're, they're doing it because as a team, we really sort of believe in each other and want to do the right thing for each other and take care of each other. And I've seen that time and time again, where folks go through the extra mile to try to help each other out and, you know, pull each other through any problems or difficulties and things like that. Because life is, in my mind, it's it's just problems you're solving. You know, there there is no good or bad. It's just things get thrown at you. And, you know, how are you going to go through and figure figure it out? And it's what you make of it. And if you do something positive with it, you find happiness and you find joy. And if you let it continue to keep beating you down, then, then that takes over. And so I think that that's really the biggest theme that I saw. And especially in 23, after two really, really brutal years, um, in 23, you know, resilience, right? I mean, when you're going through a year like 23 and you're trying to talk to your, your client partners and you're trying to talk to appraisers and you're talking to each other every day, 
was just bad news, right? Like, you, you know, you might go through and do something positive and might have been able to help somebody. But for every opportunity that you had, you had you, you wound up getting two losses. You were already starting with a, a strike or two against you before you even got to bat, you know? And, and that's just the way it felt every day. And a lot of times it was people were working as hard as they could, doing everything they could. And you hated seeing friends in the lending space and friends in the AMC space and, and appraisers who went through and said, I just can't do this anymore. or I need to find something else or I've got to find another opportunity or whatnot. And we really, we lamented those losses. But what was really amazing about our team was we, we kept picking each other up. I mean, I've, I can tell you how many times I, I talked to you all or talked to others in the company when... I was like, gosh, I, you know, I don't know how much more I can take of this. And, you know, somebody would, would, would pump me up. Um, and that was fantastic. And so that's, I would say the biggest overall theme of 23 was resilience, because I think we knew as a company and we looked at 2000 and 2008 and those companies who, who really grew and were striving to get better would come out on the other side of those sorts of challenges and those sorts of economies, which for us, 22 and 23, is certainly in our industry, one of those economies, you definitely come out stronger. And we, we saw stories of that. We, we, we really practiced that and we re preached investing in ourselves. And we did a number of those things. So for example, we partnered with and acquired um, Integrity Appraise a lot of Texas. Sean Thompson had a phenomenal business, really great reputation business, uh, great person, great team, brought them on. He brought on a number of fantastic clients and, and actually just through the end of the year, got them integrated, got them fully integrated into our business, got those folks on board. We're all working together as one team, servicing those clients um, in the exact same way we service all of our other clients. And that was that was fantastic. And I was really thrilled to go through and do that and and make Texas um, our, our number one volume state, which is phenomenal considering how big of an opportunity it is and what sort of things we can do for a lot of our clients. We also are, are doing a few other things where we had uh, started innovating on some products and started innovating on some AI. I mean, one in particular that we've been, we've started talking about, but we are going to spend a lot of time on early here in 2024 is a product on AI implementation we're really, really proud of called BiasShield that really helps clients with bias language or, or language that Fannie and Freddie deems to be problematic. Appraisal screens for all of that. And depending on what clients want, we can do so much more with that in terms of certain comp review, reviewing for other QC items and, and being able to put that into our product offering, something we hadn't been able to do before. And on top of which, we've actually gone through and done uh, some studies and some research, and we found we can actually help clients reduce their underwriting errors by nearly 20%. So helps their throughput, reduces the client cost, and really helps bring together, you know, align our interests and the client's interests very, very closely. So excited about doing that and doing more of that in 24. But those were some of the highlights. I mean, I, I mean, before we go into, you know, the, the future, like I know one Charlie is being modest here, didn't bring it up, but STR Pro, I mean, this is something this guy had his hands in. Um, it's something else that we rolled out here in 2023. Mm -hmm. Why don't you let them know a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so short-term rental pro, we had clients, and, and this is, Mike, you're absolutely right. It's a huge credit to Charlie. This is a great example of somebody on the front end of the business, somebody who, who interacts with clients like Charlie does on an hour-in, hour-out basis. And Charlie was hearing from his clients, from his non-QM clients, hey, I'm trying to figure out how to get an appraisal done on you know an Airbnb property that has a unit or a couple of units and is trying to figure out what to do. And there isn't a great form for that. As, as we all know, sort of Airbnb has been around for a while. The rental thing has been around for a little bit, even before COVID, but absolutely exploded during COVID. And it's the type of thing that really people were trying to figure out, you know, it's like, fine, we'll do a couple of those loans a month to, we've got a lot of them, right? And, and people, you, you're sometimes doing 10 to, you know, or more um, a month. Um, and some of the larger firms are doing well more than that. And so we put our heads together with our compliance team, with our product development team, with our tech team, um, and came up with a form that actually goes through um, can pull rent comps together, can allow those qualified appraisers to go through and put this product offering out there. So we've had it put together, we can QC it, and we can provide it at a, at a good turn time and at a, at a very reasonable cost. Um, so you can get that through. And I think it actually helps, um, you know, when you package that loan and you're selling it off to investors, you now have a, an appraisal that backs that up um, very well, um, is done by someone on a qualified basis, gives you all the information you're looking for, and allows somebody to be able to underwrite that uh, loan, both from an internal perspective, uh, obviously, which clients do, but also externally from a third party where you can verify the, the rent comps and, and the income stream and really pull that together. And I think that that's uh, a huge credit to Charlie, and we're we're actually exploring a number of solutions like that um, going forward in 24. Yeah, and, I, I'm with you. It's uh, it definitely attributed to some of the gray hairs that I have on my head, uh, <laughs> but that is definitely near and dear to my heart. A lot of a lot of my clients and partners uh, utilize um, the the short term rental you know set in, in those loan programs. So uh, I'm glad that we were able to get it off the ground and running, and I think we found it. You know. It wasn't entirely all on the form, although that was what was really needed to streamline and create a one presentation. Figuring out the data sets and, and where they were getting the data from and helping kind of streamline that selection process as well, which is goes back to our, our team and, and navigating all the different platforms and trying to help these appraisers come up with the best process, right? Yeah. And, the most consistent process. Yeah, and, and you know another example of that that we did early in the year was as Ace Plus PDRs and as alternative products start to take more hold within uh, the lending community, we really made a commitment to bringing in-house process, technology, talent. We brought in-house uh, Mike Kirk, who I know you all have had on, on the podcast, who is an industry veteran, has been around for decades, uh, much like myself, and really knows the space and was one of the first developers of forms like this going back over a decade, creating those proprietary forms that are better than what's out there. And it really addresses the client needs because 
Mike was a client. He was a chief appraiser for a bank. He was the end user and said, this is what I want. Here's my specs. Here's what I'm looking for. So we really went through and said, okay, let's find out what the client actually wants and build a product that meets that expectations as opposed to a form is a form. Let's give it to them. Let's hope it works. You know, we're, we're working on getting more people to see what those opportunities look like. But I think those clients who've been working with us on this stuff are, are finding that on the underwriting side, as well as on, for, from an investment perspective, having those products as part of their package when uh, they're sending out those loan pools, that, that really makes a big difference. It really helps with it for investors to take a look and understand what they're getting. And I think that that's been really useful and meaningful for folks. And that's what we're most proud of is helping our clients be better at what they do and having products that separate them from everybody else that's out there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. No, building towards the future, baby. Peering into the eye, you know, looking ahead in that crystal ball of 2024. What are you most looking forward to us as a company, you know, maybe not necessarily get as far out as market, but nationwide as a company, what are you most looking forward to here in this coming year? Well, yep, Mike, really good question. And, you know, I think from my perspective, we kind of start with whatever we think about what do we want to do with nationwide. As you all know, we have a strategic planning process. We have an annual planning process and we do that every year and we bring the best and the brightest in our organization together sit down and talk about that. That's where we start with all of this. And every time we start with that, our first thing before we think about what are we going to do, we always try to spend time understanding well, what is the client going to do? What are our clients? What are our client partners going to go through and do? What's their process? And one of the big things I think we were really talking about is, is that the clients are consolidating. There, there's a huge trend out there towards client consolidation that's already happened that I think is going to continue to happen. And as, as we were talking about earlier in the, in the show, those teams and those groups who have invested themselves and have strengthened themselves will absolutely grow tremendously as the market starts to come back because they they made the investment, they made the sacrifice, and that will absolutely pay dividends. I'm a big believer in that. And so we're really proud of those relationships. But what's also happening with clients as this consolidation is happening, the relationships between the AMCs and the client are also changing. Where those relationships are occurring are changing. Sometimes, you know, um, earlier on in the industry, much of that was occurring somewhat at the local level, branch level, things of that nature. Now, more and more of those relationships are happening at a corporate level, especially because one, they have to because the companies are getting bigger um, and there's other things going on. But as that's occurring, what we're also seeing though is, is that the client demands are changing. In particular, they're, what they're looking at is the compliance laws are, are really, you know, they, they, they only go up, right? Yeah, in our industry, you know, whether it's mortgage, re mortgage regulation, appraisal regulation, you know, whatever tangent you want to talk about, service regulation, the laws never go away or they never get smaller. They only add to them. They only add the burdens and the requirements on there, right? So you just go through, it's like, okay, well, you did these 25 things. Now let's add, you know, another 15. And it's just every year they keep piling and piling and piling and piling. And then, you know, that's where we're at. And we're certainly in that type of environment right now. And last year was a great indicator of what we're seeing on there. 
We're seeing um, agencies like CFPB and others have focus on not only the mortgage industry, but also the appraisal industry. So we're seeing them go through and show up in different ways. Um, in some instances, I think this is actually a, a good thing because it, it weeds out and gets rid of players who really are, are probably not helping their clients and are, are not doing uh, things in a proper way and are maybe, you know, shortchanging them in, instead of going through and saying, hey, we have to do the tough thing that will get you where you need to go in the long run and let's let's solve for all of that. So I think that was a big trend. Another big trend that I think that was kind of interesting, I mean, there's there's a lot of these companies or what I like to call tech bros um, that were out there that kept talking like a big game for, for years and, you know, hey, we're going to revolutionize the mortgage service industry. We're going to revolutionize the AMC space and we're going to change everything about appraisals and go through and do all of that. And I think we... We saw that um, leading up to COVID and even in the middle of COVID, you know, you just had to slap a fancy logo and a fancy name and uh, people threw money at you as a tech company. And, you know, we've seen it where a couple of years later, a lot of those people are gone and a new set of groups are coming up and people are trying to figure out, you know, what do they do? And clients are starting to figure out, well, wait a second, you know, their promises are one thing and their deliverables are two completely different things. And what's interesting is it they did do a lot of good things because they pushed a lot of folks who've been in the industry like ourselves that have been around for a long time to innovate. We as an industry, honestly, we need to innovate. I think that that's a huge thing. Another big trend for us this last year going into this year and more, I think in 24, is there's gonna to continue to be fewer and larger AMCs. You know, a lot of it is, as I said, just because scale does matter as your clients get bigger, they just don't have time or, or need or desire to be dealing with 20 AMCs. That's just not gonna be what they wanna do. And so it's hard to go through and say, hey, I'm gonna maintain a nice little regional firm or shop and, and, and do that for my few select clients. You can do that for so long until, you know, that just, it's just not sustainable anymore. So that's another huge trend that I think is, is going to continue in 24. Um, so, you know, for me, the bottom line in 24 is, you know, innovate and grow or die. I think it's as simple as that. If you, if we don't do that, which I know we are, and I'm very proud of what we're doing there, we won't, we won't be where we want to be and where our clients want us to be, where our, our appraiser, you know, uh, vendor team wants us to be and needs us to be to, to sort of keep them doing the things in the most optimum way that they can. We spend as much time thinking about what the client needs as we do about what the appraiser needs and how can they best be serviced, you know, through this platform and what we try to put forward. So I think we're going to be seeing, I think clients are going to be seeing more product offerings from us this year. They're gonna be seeing changes in our technology and our delivery from us this year. They're gonna be seeing more operational innovation from us um, this year that'll allow us to deliver things on a quicker basis. And so those things are gonna be what we're gonna be looking for as we continue to go through and grow um, and, and be, uh, be further out there. We're gonna to continue to look for uh, merger and acquisition opportunities. We're going to continue to look to grow with partners. One of the things we've been very fortunate and we've been very deliberate about is not about growth or 
partnering or acquiring AMCs just to acquire them, we are very, very keen on finding the right partners because we want to bring people into our team and our culture and our overall ecosystem. And we want to make sure the clients are happy, the team is happy, and that we can grow together. And what we say, we believe in, and we will tell you we stick to our words and we're big, big believers in that. And that that comes directly from me and everybody on our team uh, believes in keeping our word. Yeah, I'll say the acquisitions over the last couple of years, you and the rest of the executive team have done a, a fantastic job of, of picking the companies with the right culture that mesh well. It's not easy, you know, yeah. when you get to a, a size of, of like us and, and like competitors as, uh, elsewhere that are trying to do similar things. So, you know, hats off to you guys for, for that. I know it's not an easy job and, and the integration piece is not an easy job. And it's exciting, I think, from a sales side that you know, we want to continue down that path and uh, continue to grow. It was Mike Moore and it alluded to earlier, like we're all in uh, from a sales team. Like that's, that's yep. where we're going in 24. And, and if that's with, you know, through acquisitions and innovation um, and, and everything you've mentioned, uh, it's an exciting place to be at Nationwide, you know, as we, as we look forward. Whatever the market does, it's going to do. And, and we're going to do whatever we can to give our, our lender partners uh, a better value add, if you will you know, yeah. in, in what they're doing. Yeah, our job is to be a value to our partners. That's it, That that's what we want to do. We want to go through and create value for them, you know, in whatever way we can, in, in their underwriting process, in their origination process, and whatever it is that we need to do, that's where we're gonna go through and try to support, support all of our partners um, in that way. Um, you know, we want appraisers who want to work with us because we're we're efficient. Those are all things that we continue to strive for. And we, we don't have all the right answers, but I'll, I'll guarantee you we'll listen and we will keep chipping away at everything every year, day in and day out. I think that's the difference with what we're doing is that we're asking and proactively asking and listening to what they need. And not and like you said already, it's both sides of the coin. It's the appraiser and the lender, right? Yeah. And we're trying yeah. to bring together one solution that works for both sides. You know, just going back to the SDR form, that's one thing we had to do that was talk to both mm -hmm. sides and figure out what made the most sense to give everybody more or less what they needed. But listening and, and, and hearing what they need is uh, is going to be our, how we're going to remain successful, I think. Um, Absolutely. So that's, that's awesome. Are you ready for rapid rush request? Yeah, let's do it. Is it that time? It's about that time of the hour. Is it that time? I think I took it easy on you here. All right, so um, Rapid Rush Request, thank you very much, sir. It's short answers, as short as possible. Okay. Um, but obviously, if you feel like you need to elaborate, we're never going to stop you because, you know. No worries. Sometimes things get in the way of scheduling appraisals, so sometimes things get in the way of a quick answer. Starting off here, Apple or Android? Apple. 100%. No, nothing further needed. See you, Charlie. Um, Blue dot. Yeah. All right. Uh, this year's Super Bowl, who's winning? I'm going to have to go with the Ravens. Nah, figured. 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 So, two-part question. Uh, favorite golf course you've ever played and your dream golf course to play that you have not yet had the pleasure of attending? Wow. Really, really great question. Well, I'll answer the second part first. Um, would want to play Augusta. have never played Augusta. Favorite golf course that I played would probably have to be, oh, would, would have to be Black Wolf Run in Kohler, Wisconsin. It's, it's, a, oh, it's a bit of an older course, but it was, 
It was uh, right next to where they had one of the Ryder Cups, the U.S. Opens, uh, a while ago. And it's a Pete Dye design, just beautiful. What was the hardest course you took at MIT? Well, the hardest course I took at MIT was urban economics taught by the great Bill Wheaton. So Bill Wheaton was, was, was of Toro Wheaton fame. He was like, he's a real estate economist, much like, you know, Kate Schiller, those were two professors from, from Penn or from Wharton, I should say. Um, and so Bill Wheaton and Ray Toro were, were two very famous um, economists. And they taught me something about real estate that I didn't even know I, I was, was real. And that was a lot of fun. It was hard. It was a lot of math. It was a lot of learning things that I, I just had never tried, never even knew about. Sweet. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Speaking of MIT, though, can you count cards? I can count cards up to a point, and that point is after my second drink. I can't do it. <laughs> all right, all right. A couple more here. Just a couple more. Yeah. Um, your dream foursome on the golf course. My dream foursome on the golf course. Tiger, my brother, and my oldest son. Yeah. Is your, is your brother is good? Is you? My brother is uh, a one handicap. Um, oh gosh! So he's really good. Like sure, <laughs> yeah. right. like oh, this is demoralizing for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I need 260 just to get to the fairway. Last <laughs> two here. Who is the uh, the one member of the sales staff? If you have to really narrow it down, one member of the sales staff who has caused you the most gray slash lost hairs over the past couple of years you've been here. Oh man. That's it. This is this is the T right here. <laughs> you had to know I was going here somewhere. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go with your boss, Mike Moore. Yes. yes. Let's let's throw him under the bus. We didn't like make the that. cut. I'm good. I like that. I like that a lot. We don't need to go into why, but Michael, no, you know. no. Let's get, you we know all know Michael. You know. All right, and um, we're going to close out with this. Why nationwide in 2024 and moving forward? Why nationwide? Elevator pitch. Why nationwide? Because I think we focus on doing the right things for our clients. If you can't always just say, hey, we'll do whatever you want. And man, is that a hard thing to, to, to be able to explain, you know, when a client says, just, just do it this way and call it a day and move on. And to try to explain, hey, here's a better solution for you. And you try to have a little bit of a longer conversation it takes a lot of effort. And eventually I find though, and, and I think our team does a great job of getting there. Um, we push for push to do the right thing for the client. So that's the single biggest thing. The second thing is innovation. If you're not partnering with folks who are going to take care of you and who aren't, who aren't going to move with you forward, they shouldn't be your partners. So that's why nationwide, because our goal isn't to be the best provider for you today, but to grow with you and be the best provider that's going to move you into a place you don't even know exists or you don't even know you needed. Um, so that's our job is to is to make you better, um, even though you don't even realize what you need. Awesome. So I'm, I'm in there. I'm sold. Very well said. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. It got me. Is that, is that your last one? Yeah, that was it. That was it. That's it. You have survived the rapid rush request. We got the yeah. report on time. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> hey, well, I 
appreciate you guys having me on the podcast. I'm like, I was, this is this is fun. This is this is pretty cool. I, I definitely want to do it again. Hopefully, and uh, you know, hopefully, it won't take another year. Um, maybe you guys can find some time in your busy schedules to to squeeze me in. <laughs> we'll, we'll have desk schedules pretty full. Keep hearing. You know what? I'll 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 find uh, I'll find Jordan or I'll find Mike and uh, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll Mike Moore and uh, I'll, I'll see if I can't uh, squ- twist their arm. There you go. Have your have your people call our people. We'll get, we'll get it worked out. <laughs> no, really, uh, really appreciate you taking the time um, with us today. Uh, I think a lot of great info, um, just about for for all the listeners, right? Where we've been, where we're yep. going, um, and, and what we hope to be able to provide. Uh, to any anyone we're not working with already. So with that, that's that's a wrap for episode numero uno for 2024. Schwartz, we've 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 made it a long way. I'm really proud of ourselves. Yeah, is this the third calendar year we've been doing this? Because didn't this start in 2022? I guess technically, didn't it? Yeah, I think our first episode was 2022. Yeah, I mean, and three you know, just, years. And, we, and we haven't been shut down yet. I don't even know how that's possible. But after the Sri's made it, now that he's on it, I think. Well, we'll see where this goes from now. Yeah. Yeah. Shut us down now, and you're part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's like as long as I go viral, we're good in a good way. So for all uh, all you faithful out there, from Value Nation podcast, uh, we appreciate you listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, uh, hit the little icon bell for all the updated notifications and you know new episode drops. Um, find us on. Instagram, Facebook, uh, we are on the TikTok. Well, Jordan is because we're too old for that. Um, we've got Spotify, Apple iTunes, and everywhere else that you get all of your podcast needs. Don't forget the YouTube. Oh, yeah, and YouTube to see Schwartz's outfit of the day. That's true. Get, don't forget that one. Hey, my Z.